You know, I was working on this message off and on throughout the past week and kind of struggling a little bit on what am I going to talk about? It's the end of the year, so we could talk about the end of the year and resolutions. You know, everybody makes New Year's resolution. Um, I'll tell you, for years and years and years, I've had a resolution that I'm going to lose 20 pounds in the next year. And uh, my old buddy Rob and I, we'd go walking, and uh, I would lose 20 pounds. The problem is I would gain 30, so it was kind of a, a negative there. So my resolution next year is to not make a resolution on weight loss. That's, that's my resolution. Um, as I said, I was working on, working on a message, and, and sometimes the good Lord will deliver one to you when you're sitting and listening. And um, He gave me one yesterday morning during the, uh, during the storm, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I did find a, a story I wanted to share uh, about a real minister. Uh, you probably know him, Billy Graham. Um, back in the 70s, he was traveling all over with uh, his crusades. And uh, he was due to lead a crusade, a crusade in the town in South Carolina. I believe it was Charlotte. That was North Carolina. But anyway, I digress. He was needing to mail a letter. We didn't have email. We didn't have fax machines back then. So he asked this little boy on the street uh, how he could get to the post office. And after the boy had given him directions, Billy said, if you come to the Baptist church tonight, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the boy looked at him and said, no thanks, you don't even know how to get to the post office. <laughs> so, anyway, a little, little humor to get things started here as uh, we uh, have the last Sunday of 2019 and looking forward to uh, 2020. And as I said yesterday, I was sitting at the house, you know, it rained almost an inch yesterday, and we had a little thunder and lightning, and power went out a couple of times. Um, and it got me to thinking about a story. Um, the story is on page 970 in your Bible. It's Matthew 14, verses 22 through 32. It's okay, Mary. I put, it in the wrong, I put the slide in the wrong spot, but she did a good job of finding it. Um, this passage is often looked at in the light of this miracle of Jesus walking on the water. And, and that's very important because um, we do serve a God who has all the power and there's nothing that he cannot do or nothing he can't handle. And, but another way to look at it is perhaps from the failure of Peter as he walked on the water. Uh, and there's much that we can learn from Peter's mistake in our own personal walks with the Lord. Um, I think about Peter and his faith, and I think about people here in our church and our community who have faith. And a group of individuals that I think about that have faith is farmers. Because you're going to put something in the ground now and hope that it will come up in a few months and hope that a hailstorm's not going to come and take care of your wheat crop, or it's not going to rain and it's not going to come up. Um, and so you look at it, there are modern-day examples of people with faith, 
even to this day that it's going to rain and the good Lord's going to take care of, take care of their crop. Um, on verse 30 of this, there's a prayer that Peter was praying. And uh, it was a simple prayer. It was a prayer of faith. And prayers offered in faith are often heard by the Lord. And Peter needed help from Jesus. And he cried out to him, and Jesus heard and answered his prayer. His prayer was real short. It said, Lord, save me. Three words. Let's look at the characteristics of Peter's encounter with this storm as we consider this prayer of faith. So if you've read this, and I know many of you have, they're out at sea, and they're getting tossed around by the waves and the wind. And bear in mind the disciples had followed Jesus' directions to get the ship out to the other side of the sea, and while being obedient to his commands, they found themselves in this perilous situation. So, you know, if we consider this, the intensity of the storm. Here's the ship being rocked around. Verse 24 says, The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And they sailed, and the wind picked up, and the ship began to get tossed in the sea. And the word tossed here is important. It's this idea of harassing and tormenting, maybe even pain, as the ship is just rocking back and forth. And the waves are a volatile situation for the disciples. And we discover that the wind was contrary. And this idea of kind of a hostile environment here in the midst of the sea, those are elements that are working against the disciples. And what started out as just this peaceful trip, hey, the Lord said go over here, suddenly became a fight for their lives. And I think we have that in our own lives sometimes. It may be calm, smooth sailing for weeks, months, maybe even years. But we're going to have those bad days from time to time. And often there's nothing more than just a schedule change or a minor inconvenience, and it may be the absolute worst thing in our individual lives on that day. Um, and we just think about that. And, and we need faith to get through what literally seems as if we're fighting for our own survival. And it could be a, a situation that comes up suddenly or unexpected, but it creates concern for us. And so as we discuss other port parts of this story. We're talking about the isolation of the ship. As it said in verse 24, he, they had rowed out to sea. Um, the scripture tells us they had rowed about 25 to 30 furlongs. And you convert that to modern day distance, it's about three or four miles from land. So here they are all isolated and it had taken a lot of effort to get out there and it's not like they could just crank the motor and drive right back into shore. They didn't have those, those things then. And it took several hours for them to get out there. So they're not going to make it back to the safety of shore during this storm. And they were forced to deal with it. Just like we're forced to deal with storms in our lives. I mean, I didn't wake up two years ago and think Misty was going to have MS. But we get through it. One step at a time and with the Lord's help. And this storm came unexpectedly, and sometimes we feel isolated that we're all by ourselves to face this thing alone. But we know we're never alone 
Tammy made mention in Sunday school this morning, she was the first one there and there was nobody there. She was afraid of being alone, but she knew she wasn't alone. The Lord's here. Um, so as we jump ahead to verse 28 and 29, they're starting to make progress. The storm's raging around them. And Peter made progress in dealing with the storm. He said in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And so in the middle of this storm, Jesus comes to them, walking on the water. And after seeing Jesus, Peter requested to go to Jesus out on the water. Now, we're often kind of critical of Peter, but in reality, he was the only one who had enough courage to step out of the boat. Because he realized he was safer on the water with Jesus than he was in the boat without Jesus. And, and you just think about the amount of faith that that took to step out of the safety of the boat and attempt to walk on water in the midst of that raging storm. And we have storms of life that will test our faith. In fact, there will be times when faith is all we have. We find ourselves in situations where we can't see the shore and we can't begin to see how we're going to work it out or what the end result's going to be. And those times, we got to trust in Him to give us the faith to meet our needs and keep us safe through the storms of life. In verse 29, they said, Come. And when Peter came out of the ship and walked on the water to go to Jesus, um, there were skeptics that claimed, oh, there were stones or stumps or somehow he walked out there uh, to Jesus in the middle of the sea. Well, when you research this, the depths that were out there at three to four miles offshore made it impossible to have something to stand on. And Peter only had the word of the Lord and faith. He didn't allow human reasoning to stand in his way. Even though our common sense says, hey, if I try to walk on water, I'm going to sink, Jesus told him to come. And at that moment, Peter was more focused on Jesus than he was on that storm raging around him. And here we discover a valuable lesson from Peter while navigating the storms of life. Rather than focusing on that thunder and lightning of the storm, we focus on Christ. Instead of telling Jesus, how, how big this storm is, we remind ourselves how big Jesus is. He has the ability to walk above any storm, our storms, your storms, and keep us secure and safe in the middle of it all. As long as we follow the will of the Lord, we won't sink and we won't perish, no matter how strong that storm may be. In verse 30, it said, he saw the wind was strong and he was afraid. And we know what happened. He began to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. And it's evident that Peter lost his focus on Christ as he looked at the storm that was raging all around him. And he began to sink. However, he didn't lose all faith because in that moment, he cried out a significant prayer. Lord, help me. And we need to do that when we have those storms in life. When we're sitting in the house in the dark and that storm is raging around us, we can say, Lord, help me to get through this. And he will be that light in our dark world that will guide us through that. And we know he didn't sink. 
Because in that moment of prayer, he said, Lord, save me. But the characteristics of that prayer are important. First, it was a prayer of recognition. Peter maintained his comprehension of who Jesus was. He never lost sight of the fact that the Lord was there with him. The storm raged, but Jesus was still there. He recognized Jesus as Lord and was confident in his abilities. And that's something we have to recognize in our own lives. You know, as a, as a guy, I want to solve the problem. I'm going to fix whatever it is. And sometimes we just got to let go and go, okay, God, you handle this. And in the midst of the storm, we have to recognize who God our Father is. We can't be filled with doubt and expect the Lord to move in our midst. We must, must see him as a sovereign Lord and the powerful God that he is. We must believe that he is more than able to meet our needs. And going back to what I mentioned, the uh, second point is the prayer of submission. Peter was admitting to the Lord that he needed his help. And we've got to admit to the Lord when we need help. Um, he knew without the help of the Jesus, he would surely perish. And Peter was in a rough situation. There wasn't a coast guard to call and save him. And he couldn't handle it himself. If he was able to survive, Jesus would have to save him. And he submitted himself to the authority and power of the Lord. And there is no need to expect the Lord to help in our situation as long as we're trying to take care of it ourselves. We must get to the place where we realize it's beyond our ability to handle and fully submit and turn things over to God and the authority of Jesus. As long as we're trying to handle it, Jesus... He's going to let us. He gives us the freedom to walk down that road and see what's at the end of the road. Sometimes it's a train. Sometimes it's a light. But God gives us that freedom to decide. And if we trust in our own strength and works and think we can handle it, it's probably not going to end the best way. We need to admit we can't save ourselves and trust in the Lord by faith that salvation is received. Faith alone in Jesus Christ will save us. The next point is the power of expectation. As Peter cried out to the Lord, he fully expected Jesus to meet his need. He had the faith that Jesus would respond and save him from this desperate situation. Had he not shown faith, he might have perished. He, his faith in believing in the Lord in spite of the circumstances that he found himself in. And we must too have faith when we pray. Our prayers will see little result if we do not expect the Lord to respond. But sometimes doubt can hinder in our lives. How many times have we asked the Lord to meet a need in our lives and yet we kind of doubted that he will. Lord, I'm going to ask for this, but eh, I don't think so. And when we pray... We must believe in spite of the circumstances we face. And this same truth is also uh, applies to salvation. Faith is very essential to salvation. One must believe that Jesus died for our sins and he rose again. We must have faith in his ability to save us from sin and secure eternal life. Our salvation isn't based on our merit and our ability but our faith in the Lord. Verse 31 says, And immediately Jesus 
stretched out his hand, caught him, and said unto him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter's faith brought a powerful response from Jesus, and we discovered it was an immediate touch. As Peter cried out in faith, Jesus immediately responded to his need, and the Lord was moved by the cry of Peter. Although the Lord had rebuked Peter for lacking faith to stand, he responded to his cry for help, and Jesus saved him before he perished. And he'll do the same for us if we'll just cry out to him, Lord, help me. And I'm not here to advocate that every single prayer that we pray, uh, God's going to answer immediately. God might have a lesson he needs to teach us and in that storm that we face. But he'll meet our every need. And the key word there is need. Even if he allows us to remain in the storm, we have the assurance that he's right there with us. It may not be the most pleasant storm, but being in the presence of Jesus while in the midst of the storm is always better than enjoying the sunshine without Jesus. He'll never leave or forsake us, and he is preparing a home in heaven for the saved right now, and we can take confidence in that. So when one considers salvation... The touch of the Lord is always immediate and lasting. When one cries out to the Lord by faith, believing in Him for salvation, the result is immediate. He doesn't send us through a series of steps or tasks in order to obtain salvation. Faith in the finished work of Calvary is enough. The other point I have here is the illuminating touch. This is verse 32. And when they come into the ship, the wind stopped. And most everybody is aware that Peter and his failures came along the way, but we are assured that he never forgot about Jesus in that moment. In his time of desperate need, Jesus reached out and Jesus saved him. And it made a lasting impact on his life. Anytime we encounter the power of the Lord, our lives are never the same. We may stray and fall at times, but the touch of Jesus is something we never get over. There have been many times the Lord has heard my prayers and met my individual needs. And I know he's met the prayers and needs of many of you here, all of us. There have been times that the Lord has heard the prayers and each of these encounters have revealed God's glory and taught us to grow closer to him. We need a desire to be near him and to receive his touch. A life touched by Jesus will never be the same again. So in conclusion, I say, there's no doubt that Peter faced a tough situation, but he was never alone, and we're never alone. Jesus is always with us no matter what obstacles, roadblocks, and storms come up in our lives. If we respond to Jesus, to his prayer of faith, he'll meet our needs. Maybe you're in the midst of a storm right now and you don't see a way out. Recognize Jesus. Submit to him and have faith that he will respond to your situation. And if you've never been saved, Jesus stands ready to pull you from that sea of sin immediately. He can deliver you unto the safety, onto that ship of grace. All you have to do is call upon him 
and he will respond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we sit in your house this morning, we just come thanking you for the blessings that came this year in 2019. And Lord, as we start to look ahead at the new year, we have faith that you will take care of us in the coming year. You will help keep us safe, keep our church safe, and continue to guide and direct us in the days and weeks ahead. Lord, I just thank you for all that you do for each and every one of us. Lord, I thank you for those that are here in attendance. I ask you to be with them and their families as we prepare to depart your house. We pray all these things in your son's mighty name. Amen.